the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, that... Uh I think that was Call Me the Breeze that started to play there by Leonard Skinner. It took me back to the 70s. Uh, I thought, wow, did we change our opening? Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> we, we we pressed the wrong button, but that stuff happens. So it's just good to be here with you all. Uh, this is Pastor John Allworth. I'm here live with you at KKHT. I come in on Mondays and uh, preach here at the Transformative Power of Christ. And I come in on Wednesdays, and we've got Recovery Radio Houston um, you know, the Bible says that uh, we're all recovering from something. And um, so it's not just about addiction. It's about anxiety, depression, relationship issues. So join us on Wednesdays, too. So, But we're here today, and before I get into my message, I want to tell you about uh, New Covenant Church Greater Heights. Uh, you know, some exciting things are happening. Uh, we had a wonderful worship service. We're a church plant and uh, our home church is New Covenant Church in Humble, but we we've come. God's called. God has called us into the middle of the city, um, and you know He's called us because I'm in recovery, and God has been so good to me. He has literally transformed my life, and that's how we chose the title of this program: the transformative power of Christ. And He's put it on our hearts to go into the middle of the city. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and and He's put it on our hearts to come into the city and. And, you know, in these last days, just take back some ground. This this country, this city, this world, there's so many hurting people out there that don't have to be living the way they're living. And uh, so we're, we, we've come into, we, we have Sunday night services at 6 p.m., and we're going to welcome you with open arms. We welcome everyone. We welcome mature Christians who can help us disciple people that are hurting, that are coming to know Christ. We welcome people that have, have been addicted. We welcome people that are struggling. We're going to welcome you with open arms. We're a non-denominational, Bible-based, spirit-filled recovery church. And the spirit has been powerful the last few weeks. Uh, we had an anointed time uh, last night. It was wonderful. My associate pastor, Rick, preached, and he preached a powerful message. Uh, the week before that, I preached a message uh, about uh, the lies that Satan tells us and and uh, how God wants to forgive everybody and bring everybody into the kingdom and how God can bless you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, if you just turn your life over to him. And we've got a great worship team and, and that ushers in the Holy Spirit, and it's just been really powerful. It is such an honor to work in the kingdom and to see this church plant. You know, we didn't pick the best time in the whole world, perhaps, to to start a church in the middle of a pandemic, but but uh, we actually started in March um, of 2020. We had three live services, in-person services, and then we got knocked out of our building. We're renting space from a, another church that's been in the Heights forever, uh, but, uh, you know, we're in 
ministry partnership with them, but but it's a Presbyterian church, and we're not Presbyterian. We're non-denominational, as I said. Uh, but we had three services, and then we had to go virtual. We had to go on Facebook, and you can see us on our Facebook page, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, a whole year's worth of church services and, and messages. Uh, but since March the 7th, we've been back in the building every Sunday at 6 p.m., Sunday nights in the Heights. We would love for you to come worship with us. We're growing, and but we still have plenty of room in the church to spread out if you want to socially distant, if you're worried about things. So anyway, today I want to I want to talk to you about a message that was inspired by something that happened to me last week, and that is, you know, why are we here? What is our purpose? I went Friday. I had a really good friend named Randy, um, a, a really good man. And we played baseball together. We were uh, little league champs of our little town, Kingsville, Texas. And uh, I just kind of watched him because he was really the star. And uh, he pitched. Nobody could hit him. But anyway, uh, but but you know, we grew up together, and and uh, you know, did some wild things together. And and then uh, you know, as life went on, he's he grew up in a strong house of faith, and and is a strong Christian. And as I went through my difficulties, he prayed for me, and. He's just a really good friend and a good man. Well, his 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 dad passed away, and uh, his dad was ninety two and lived a very long life. And I drove up to Quitman to honor our relationship, Randy and I's relationship, and to honor his dad, who was always there at the baseball games. and And I, I knew he was a a good, strong Christian man, and I knew that he instilled faith in Randy. But I didn't know I didn't know the whole story, and so uh, it was really interesting. The preacher told the story about. How there's a an infamous school explosion, the New London School Explosion, which happened back in 1937, and uh, it was really kind of ironic the, uh, and sad. Obviously, it was uh, the oil Texas oil field had just been discovered, and in this county, in this little town, they were they had all this money. The Great Depression was going on every place else, but they were going crazy because of the 1930 oil find in, in Rusk County. And so they had built a school. They spent a million dollars on it, which back then it'd be like you know forty million today or something. And so they, they, in fact, it was the first football stadium in the state of Texas that had lights and they could play nighttime games. And so this everything was going fine for this little community, uh, but they had built the school on a slope, and there was there was empty space, a large space beneath the, the structure, and with all this oil exploration going on. They had powered the heaters uh, with natural gas, and this natural gas didn't have any odor in it, and so they couldn't tell. It was what we call raw gas, and so sadly, it filled up underneath um, underneath this structure, and a huge explosion happened, and, and hundreds of school children and teachers were killed. It was just a horrible thing, and it's one of the things that led us to now have odorant in, in gas so that we can smell when there's a gas leak. Um, I was, I'm also an attorney. I was involved in the Brenham explosion back in, in 1997, uh, where gas filled up a whole mile, uh, valley and was set off when a car went through it. Gas is dangerous. So be careful if you, if you're, if you use natural gas out there, you know, pay attention to it because these explosions, that explosion in Brenham was felt by the way in downtown Houston, 79 miles away. It was a big explosion in, in any event, uh, this, the explosion that happened in New London, my friend's was father was, I think he was seven at the time, seven or eight. And his mother had come to the school for some reason and told him to go sit in the car and to not leave the car until she came back. And when this building exploded, a huge block of concrete 
flipped up in the air and came down on this car. And they thought for sure that Bobby Joe, uh, Randy's dad, had been killed. But um, for some reason, the Lord took care of Bobby Joe, and he didn't obey his mom for once. He was a really obedient child, but he didn't obey his mom for once. It wasn't in that car when that, and he survived. And so Bobby Joe was not only lucky that he survived, but it it hit him in a certain way that he felt like he knew at that point on, uh, having grown up in a spiritual house, that God had his hand on his life and that he had a purpose in his life. And, you know, that's something that, that when we realize that, everything can change. Everything can change in a heartbeat. I don't care what your circumstance is right now, where you find yourself. You know, I asked three questions last week, and this dovetails into what I was preaching on last week, and that is, have I done too much for God to forgive me was one of the questions. In other words, too much sin. Have I done too much for God to use me? Have I done too much for God to bless me? You know, those, when you think that in your mind, that is a lie from the pit of hell. John eight forty four tells us that Satan is the father of all lies. And it's true. That's, that's what the world wants to drag you down. That's what the world wants you to believe. That's what the world would have you know. That's what the enemy wants you to know. But that's not true. But Bobby Joe was extraordinarily lucky because he knew it at the age of seven that God had his hand on his life and had a purpose for him. And so Bobby Joe lived his whole life living for the Lord. And, you know, I didn't know this story when I was growing up. But that's why Randy's family was all, they were all following Christ. And, you know, uh, they were always going to church. And I went to some camps with them and things of that nature because I didn't grow up in a house with a spiritual home. But, you know, God was always foremost in their, in their and, and they just lived such a exemplary Christian lifestyle. And, of course, that got passed down to Randy and his sisters. Um, Randy, I, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. I haven't said his last name, obviously, but um, he had kidney failure um, as, as a fairly young man in his, his 50s. And uh, his sister donated a kidney to him and, and gave him a kidney transplant, which I just think is such a selfless act, such a such a Christian act. And so you can see this reverberation that Bobby Joe knew what the purpose of his life was through Randy and his sisters, and now Randy and his sisters all have kids, and the grandkids, and and the extended family, and, you know, there were so many of them there at at this. It was really a celebration of life. And Bobby Joe, because he lived his life for the Lord and knew what his purpose was, you can never underestimate the seeds that you're planting. Look at the ripple effect there. And, And so not only did Bobby Joe affect Randy and his sisters and the grandkids, and all the family that was there and the people that heard this message at the funeral. But if you're list- if you're like me and this touched your heart and you're listening right now, Bobby Joe's legacy of living for the Lord continues on. And so I just think that's such a powerful statement. Now, for me, uh, it didn't happen the same way. You know, I've, I've told you before on this air, I've been very transparent. I'm in recovery, and, and uh, God touched my heart much later in life. I, you know, as a young man, I was a fairly successful lawyer. I was in politics and I I lived only for the world. And, you know, I had some happiness, but I never really had joy. I never really had fulfillment. I always knew that something was missing. And that's, that's why I went down the road of addiction. I was always chasing something that was never fulfilled. And then God touched my heart when he put somebody in my path and they said that they never got sober until they went to a faith-based rehab. 
and so I was looking for different places to go, and that and that's where I went, and I began living for the Lord, and I finally realized what my purpose was in life, and that is to go out and help people that are lost. Um, I really can't help them, but I can lead them to somebody that can, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? So, you know, I learned my what my purpose in life was much later, or my primary purpose in life, but Bobby Joe was really lucky that he learned it so young. So I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> and so that's why that's why we started, you know, there's not a lot of 61-year-old guys that start churches um or or that get on the radio and 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 want to want to spread the the good news, the gospel of peace and love. But God has just been so good to me. He's he's a God of restoration and he's restored so much in my life and so I I'm just grateful to be able to serve in his kingdom, you know. When I was a kid, I I uh, first of all, my cousin's a pro football player. He's actually in the Hall of Fame, and and so of course I wanted to be a football player, but I, I wasn't fast enough or tall enough or good enough, you know, uh, to do that. So he, that was my first hero. We have we we always have, or many of us have heroes, things that we want to do. And then as a young man, as I said, I, I was in politics. I've got a picture of myself shaking President Ronald Reagan's hand, and I'm just beaming on on my face. You know that he was one of my heroes. But do you know that each and every one of us has the opportunity and the ability to work with the creator of the universe you want to talk about a hero my hero is jesus christ my hero is god almighty who who breathed air into my lungs and gave me life and, and created this beautiful world that we live in and loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have the opportunity for everlasting life isn't that wonderful? But he also loves us so much that he didn't just make us robots. He gave us free will. He gave us free will to, to make our own choices. Do we want to live for him or do we want to ignore him? You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's like a parent. You know, you're, you're, as a parent of a child, you love your child. and You want everything that's the best for him. And that's, that's what God wants for us. So we're going to talk about, you know, do you know what your purpose is in life? Do you know why you're here and what God wants you to do? And we're going to talk about that Sunday. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited about our new church. I'm going to have to promote it a couple times during the, during this message. We're New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, and we worship at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We wanted to give, you know, as a new church, we wanted to give people uh, a chance to to check us out that maybe went to church in the morning and, and want to spend more time in the house of the Lord or or some people, you know, work during the days and have a different schedule or for whatever reason. You know, we had some people, new people come this, this past Sunday that just have been looking for the right church. And we, we got called into the middle of the, of the city because we want to seek, we want to do what Jesus did, and that is seek and save the lost. You know, in Mark chapter 2, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Well, this is a lost and dying world. And that's that's what God's put on our heart. Luke nineteen ten, Jesus said, "For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost." Well, I can't do that, but I can introduce you to somebody that can, and His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. So, anyway, last week we talked about: Have we done too much uh, for God to forgive me? And the answer to that is no. You know, God forgave. We we look at the Bible. And look at David. David slept with Bathsheba and then sent her husband to the front lines to die. But yet this is a man that was after God's own heart. 
And and throughout the New Testament, 17 times, we hear Jesus referred to as the son of David. Now, I know in the Matthew, in the beginning chapter 1, the lineage, he, he's, his uh, earthly lineage has passed down. But that's not what they meant when they said the son of David. They meant that he was the Messiah. David is considered the greatest king in, in the history of Israel. God used him mightily. L- look at Moses. He was a murderer and a stutterer. And God used him to free the the Egyptian uh, the Israelites out of Egypt and to stand up to Pharaoh. Look at Saul. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees that was persecuting and killing Christians. And Saul had his moment, his road to Damascus. And I think every one of us has that opportunity to have that road to Damascus. I had mine. Where suddenly we're not blinded. And we suddenly see the truth. And Saul saw the truth and became Paul. You know, the Bible tells us that any sin can be forgiven. But in Matthew 12, 31, it says, Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the sin of man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. But God is so good, our God is so good, that he even forgave Paul for persecuting Christians, for working against the Holy Spirit, for opposing God. In 1 Timothy 1.13 we see, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. So if you're out there and you're thinking you can't be used by God, that's just not true, that he won't forgive you. Those are lies from the pit of hell. Those are the enemies talking. God can and will forgive you if you turn your heart to him. And that's the key. He wants to know your heart. He wants to know your heart. Because even Paul said, I do what I, what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, even after coming to Christ. And Paul said, I have to die daily. Each of us has that struggle. We have to. Even, even Paul, who wrote a third of the New Testament, had that struggle. But God knew his heart. And that's what we need to If we want to find our purpose, we have to get our hearts right. You see, in these final days, in Matthew twenty four twelve, we hear, and because lawlessness, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Well, don't we see that? Lawlessness. We see the capital being stormed. We see the election disarray. We see people being shot in, in Austin and in Milwaukee this weekend. It seems like we're reading about that all the time. Lawlessness is abounding. The love of many will go. The Bible tells us in the final days, good will become evil and evil will become good. We see that throughout our society. We celebrate things that are that that the Bible tells us are wicked, and think people that are doing good are, are scorned or laughed upon. But as Christians, we have an obligation. We have an obligation to to be different, to be set aside, to be different. Colossians 3.13, bearing one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. Forgiveness is a bedrock of Christianity. So if you want to find your purpose, what are you here for? You've got to start walking like Jesus. You've got to try to imitate. The Bible tells tells us we are to be imitators of Christ. And you know, we get on Facebook and we get on social media and we tack one another for different political views and we turn on the news and we just have consumed by it all this negativity. The Bible tells us we should mediate day and night on God's word. 
God's word is where you'll find peace, not on CBS or Fox or CNN or whatever your your particular persuasion is. No, you'll find peace in God's word and fellowshipping with other Christians. Proverbs 23, 7 tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We've got to fill ourselves with goodness in these final days. This COVID thing and all this political unrest and everything, it's going to present a wonderful opportunity to bring people into the kingdom. The time is short. God wants no man to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's what we're trying to do at New Covenant Church Greater Heights is be there, be obedient to what he wants us to do in these final days. Come join us. 240 West 18th Street. I haven't haven't even told you where to come yet. 240 West 18th Street in the heart of the Heights, New Covenant Church, where non-denominational, Bible-based, recovery, spirit-filled church. And the presence of the Lord's been strong, and we just want to be obedient to do what he wants us to do. You know, Proverbs eleven twenty eight. We we so much we put we get heard a, a, a sermon this weekend about background noise, how this world just pulls us in this direction and that direction, and we lose what's really important. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, "Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf." Set aside all the distractions and come back to your first love, and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ, your Redeemer. I love the the. Message Bible has a different translation. A life devoted to things is a deadly life, a stump. A God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. Amen. If you want to find happiness, if you want to find fulfillment, if you want to find joy, it's in Jesus Christ. In Mark eight thirty six, we see, What profit a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Wow, this 25 minutes went fast. We're, we're wrapping up here now, folks. In Luke twelve twenty, we've got the, um, let, me, let me skip, but, but how do we get there? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that this Sunday. Come join us, Sunday nights in the Heights at 6 p.m. We're at 240 West 18th Street in the heart of the Heights. In Romans 12, 2, one of my favorite scriptures, one that I hung on to when I was, when God was changing my life. Paul writes, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the sweet spot. That's the zone when you become, start living in his will, when you start doing the things that he wants you to do, when you start praising him. You know, what does Jesus say the, are the two most important commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Well, you do that by worshiping him. We had such a beautiful worship, this, this led by our praise and worship team, uh, this this past Sunday, I mean, it was you could just the spirit of the Lord was palatable in the building. It was so wonderful. So we're called to do that. We're called to fellowship with other Christians. We're called to disciple and go out and teach people how to live for Christ. Christ doesn't want us just to live that way, it's just so that we're obedient. Although that's incredibly important. He says, "If you love me, you will you will obey my commands." But He knows that that's how He'll find the, we'll have the abundant life that He promised us. When I began living for him, everything changed. So we've got to, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. That's when we begin to find our purpose. And our purpose is to evangelize, to go out. The time is short. The, the day has come. The day of salvation is today. 
We need to learn the Word of God, learn how to disciple other people and go out and people. You know, if, if we had, we saw somebody that was in a house and the house was burning, would we just sit by? Would we try to do everything we could to warn them, to tell them that you're going to burn up, to try to get in there and to try to save them? Well, people are dying in this world. You know, it's not quite as dramatic as, as, as a burning house, but we can see it. People are dying. They don't know Jesus Christ. They don't have him. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God is good. That's what he wants for us. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. A heart of flesh, a heart of loving. That's what God wants for us all. So come worship with us. 240 West 18th Street, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, non-denominational, spirit-filled recovery church. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to worship with you. We're going to explore this more. We're going to talk about what God wants for you in your life, what your purpose is. We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen.